Hello and welcome back to Killer Haunts. Uh, this is episode three. Uh, last week was my paranormal episode, so this week we're going right back to true crime, which is my little forte, I suppose. Uh, I want to apologize first off for the fuck around with the last episode. It editing process was a pain and I'm still new to the editing game so I luckily had a friend of mine who knows how to work his way around Audacity um, and he helped me out with that one because I tried several times to upload the last episode and chunks were missing or it was overlapping and it just sounded a bit scary so I had a friend of mine help me out with that one which was awesome so now that's back up and it all sounds smooth and nice and listen enough to listen to and yeah, so if you haven't listened to that one already, go for it. If you're not really interested in listening to Skinwalker stories, then that's fine. I know that there's going to be people here that are only keen for the true crime, and then there's some of us that will be keen for the paranormal, so hopefully I can cater to both, um, and hopefully uh, some of these episodes will actually garner a little bit more of a following, which should be really nice. Um not that I, I definitely love the people that listen to my podcast at the moment, which are all the people I know in my life. So hi, guys. Like, I hope you guys are well. I love all of you. So thank you very much for being a part of this and, like, you know, supporting me and all that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> Before I waffle on, let's get down to brass tacks and we'll figure this one out. So... Sorry again if I trip over my own words and stuff like that. I am definitely just reading off some information. Um, a lot of it is from Wikipedia, so you can actually go online and have a look at this. If I mess this up and it doesn't sound right, you can find what it actually says. You can send me a comment and be like, hey, it sounds terrible. What are you doing? Anyway, so this week it is a true crime one. Again, like I said, um, this one is a little bit more well-known as well. Uh, it's not Bundy and it's definitely not Dharma. Not yet. I will get into those guys eventually. But for now, I was sort of going to work my way up uh, every week when it comes to true crime. So Bundy and Dharma are definitely coming. Um, but this week I am going to be talking about uh, Mr. Andrew Kunanen. If the name doesn't ring a bell, then... You might have actually heard of what he did. Uh, unfortunately, uh, fashion powerhouse and the start and owner of Versace, Mr. Gianni Versace, um, he lost his life to this asshole. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be talking about him. I'm going to be talking about uh, Andrew Kanani. I'll be talking about Gianni Versace. Um, sorry if I mess up the way that it sounds. I know Donatella did a video with Vogue, I believe. They're like 73 questions and uh, she got sick. She's really sick of people pronouncing it Versace or whatever. So if I say Versace, it's only because that's how Donatella says it. So I'm, I'm hoping that I've actually got that one right. And I'm going to stop waffling now because we are three minutes into this and I've just been waffling. So... This week will be about this, Andrew, Mr. Andrew Kunanin and Mr. Gianni Versace and Mr. Kunanin's also unfortunate victims. Um, yeah, if, if by chance somehow this little episode ends up floating out into the universe and somebody who has been directly involved or is family members of the people who have died, I'm very sorry. I am very, very sorry. What happened was tragic and it's awful. 
um, and please don't take this the wrong way. I'm only doing this as a an interest, as a hobby, and it's something that I'm very interested in. And all of my love and respect to you and your family and the ones who've lost their lives. So, right, not that anybody in that sort of particular area might friggin' hear this, but i got to put it out into the universe, only giving out good vibes, guys. It's just kind of one of those things. So, anyway... Brass tax and all that, let's get going. So, Mr. Andrew Cunanan was born on the 31st of August 1969 in National City, California, to parents Modesto Pete Cunanan and Mary Ann Cunanan. Uh, I can't actually pronounce her original last name, so I believe they were married, I think. So, Let's just go with Kunanin. Um, sorry about the mess-ups. Uh, Modesto, his father, was serving in the United States Navy in the Vietnam War at the time of his son's birth. And after leaving the Navy, where he had served as chief petty officer, he worked as a stockbroker. So I, I don't think Kunanin's life was too interesting, I suppose, in terms of childhood. So that's okay. Not everybody's childhood has to be tragic and awful. It just kind of, it makes anything like this a little bit more interesting when they come from a semi-normal background, I suppose. As a teenager though, he developed a reputation as a prolific liar, given to telling fantastic stories about his family and his personal life. He was adept at changing his appearance according to what he felt was most attractive at any point in time. He identified as gay in high school when he also began having liaisons with wealthy older men and was voted least likely to be forgotten. So he's definitely not forgotten, but remembered for some of the worst shit. So that's what he wanted. Then you got what you wanted, bud. Congratulations. But you're an awful human. Um, after graduating high school in 1987, Andrew enrolled into the University of California in San Diego, where he majored in American history. In 1988, when Andrew was 19, his father deserted the family and moved to the Philippines to evade arrest for embezzlement. So dad fucked up and took off, basically. In that same year, Andrew had begun frequenting local gay clubs and restaurants, and his mother, Marianne, who was very deeply religious, found out her son was gay. During an argument, Andrew threw his mother against the wall and dislocated her shoulder. Look, if you're... I get the whole idea of being wanting to be accepted from for who you are as uh, as a whole in regards to family and friends, but throwing your mother against the wall during an argument is probably not the best way to go about it, but it happened. Later examination of his behaviour from reports indicates that he may have suffered from an antisocial personality disorder characterised by his lack of remorse and empathy, so... Realistically, you could probably move him into the sociopathy category, which is awful, but majority of the time, a lack of remorse and empathy does sort of pinpoint the sociopathic tendencies of people. Uh, in 1989, after the incident with his mother, Andrew dropped out of the California University uh, and settled into the Castro District of San Francisco, a center for the LGBTQ community and culture moving in with childhood friends Elizabeth Coate and her boyfriend at the time, Phil Merrill. In San Francisco, Andrew became a quote-unquote fixture of the nightlife in the Castro District, a prominent gay neighbourhood, befriending very wealthy older men and also reportedly took an interest in creating violent pornography. 
everybody's got their own kinks in their their likes and dislikes, but violent pornography for me just sounds pretty bloody awful, so please don't sign me up for that. That sounds pretty gross, but each to their own. Uh, He also started socialising in the Hillcrest and La Jolla neighbourhoods of San Diego, as well as in Scottsdale, Arizona. Apparently living off the largesse of one wealthy patron or another, he was also believed to have been selling drugs, including prescription opioids, cocaine and marijuana. He used several aliases as well, including Andrew De Silva, Lieutenant Commander Andy Cummings, Drew Cunningham and Kurt Matthew Damaris. So in October of 1990, Kinanen first met designer Gianni Versace in San Francisco. Versace was in town to be feted for the costumes he had designed for the San Francisco Opera during their production of Richard Strauss's opera Capriccio. Versace's family has always and still will to to this day deny that the two men actually ever met. Kunanen met David Madsen, a Minneapolis architect in a San Francisco bar in December of 1995. They began a long-distance relationship shortly after, but Madsen ended the relationship in the spring of 1996, telling his friends he sent something shady about Andrew. Kunanen then told his friends and Madsen's friends that he was the love of his life. In September of 1996, Kunanen broke up with John Blatchford, a wealthy older man who had been hosting and financially supporting him at the time. Andrew soon maxed out all of his credit cards. Andrew's close friend Jeff, or Jeffrey Trail, a former U.S. Navy officer working as a district manager for a propane delivery company in Minneapolis, had told his former roommate Michael Williams that Andrew had resumed selling drugs. Kunanen was also known regularly to consume these drugs as well, especially methamphetamine. In 1997 in April, friends reported Andrew was using painkillers and was drinking alcohol like there was no tomorrow. Later that month, Andrew told friends he was leaving San Diego for Minneapolis to quote-unquote take care of some business matters with Jeff, who had recently distanced himself from Andrew. Trail expected Kunanen to move to San Francisco upon leaving Minneapolis, but before Andrew's visit, Trail told his sister that he did not want Andrew to come. A week before his death, Trail told told Williams that he had had a huge falling out with Andrew and, I made a lot of enemies this weekend, I've got to get out of here, they're going to kill me. On April 24th, Andrew and four friends attended a going away party at Hillcrest California Cuisine, a rare occasion where Andrew did not cover the tab. Um, He reached his credit card limit on both his credit cards and had to ask for an extension to afford his plane ticket to Minneapolis. So a lot of the credit cards that he would have used were from the wealthy older men he was having relationships with and obviously there is a limit and he can't always, you know, use all of his money and he would have run out. So whoops. So on April 25th, Andrew arrived in Minneapolis and stayed with a mutual friend of his and Jeffrey Trails, David Madsen, in his loft apartment. That night, Andrew and Madsen dined at a nice restaurant and visited the Gay 90s nightclub. On the 26th, Kunanen stayed at Trails' apartment while he and his partner at the time, John Hackett, were out of town. On the afternoon of the 27th of April, Trail told Hackett that he needed to have a quote-unquote pretty important conversation with Andrew, but when they later arrived at the apartment, they couldn't find a trace of him or his belongings. 
Trey left his apartment that night at around 9pm and was likely left in let into Madsen's apartment to speak to Andrew at 9.45. So now I'm just going to go through all of the actual murders themselves, starting with Mr. Jeffrey Trail. Kanan's killings began in Minneapolis on the 27th, 1997, with the murder of his close friend, 28-year-old Jeffrey Trail. After an argument in mutual friend Madsen's apartment, Andrew beat Trail to death with a hammer. On the 29th, two of Madsen's co-workers, concerned that he hadn't been to work for a few days, visited the apartment to check on him. They discovered Trail's body rolled up in a rug and placed behind a sofa. Incidentally, his watch stopped at 9.55, which the authorities do believe is the actual time of his death. Uh, next victim, unfortunately, is Mr. Madsen, a 33-year-old uh, friend. Authorities believe that Madsen remained in the apartment with Andrew for two days after the murder. As one neighbour witnessed, both he and Madsen uh, in the apartment elevator on the 28th of April and another witnessed the pair of them walking his Dalmatian on the 29th. Investigators initially treated Madsen as suspect in Trail's murder, but Madsen's family insisted he was held hostage by Andrew. On the 2nd of May, the two were spotted north of Minneapolis driving Madsen's Jeep and eating lunch together in a bar, but unfortunately the morning after... Madsen's body was found on the east shore of Rush Lake near Rush City, Minnesota, with a gunshot wound to the head and the back. Uh, the gun was a 44 caliber Taurus PT-100 semi-automatic pistol that Cunanan had taken from Trail's home. A few days later, on May 4th, Andrew drove to Chicago, Illinois, and killed 72-year-old Lee Miglin, a prominent real estate developer. Kunanen had bound Miglin's hands and feet and wrapped his head with duct tape. He stabbed Miglin more than 20 times with a screwdriver, slit his throat with a hacksaw, and stole his car. Miglin's family maintained that the killing was random, but former FBI agent Greg McRae argues it's unlikely that Kunanen would have found and tortured Miglin without some sort of motive. So the TV show I would have mentioned earlier on in the start of the podcast, they did have in the to show a relationship that they knew each other before the killing so I'm not sure if that's 100% true but I suppose at this point we're not going to know. Investigators noted Miglin's 1994 green Lexus LS sedan missing from his garage and found Madsen's red jeep parked in the street near Miglin's house. Miglin's Lexus was equipped with a car phone which according to Ameritech cellular records was activated on the 4th of May in Union County Pennsylvania. Authorities began monitoring the phone's activity and found it was also activated on the May on May the eighth in Philadelphia, and again on May 9th in Pensgrove and Carney Point in New in New Jersey. Next victim, unfortunately, Mr. William Reese on May 9th in Pen Pennsville Township, New Jersey, at Finn Points National Cemetery, Cunanan shot and killed 45-year-old caretaker William Reese. Later that day, when Reese didn't return home for dinner, his wife visited the cemetery to check up on him and found the caretaker's office ajar with the radio playing inside. She then called the police, who found Reese shot dead in the head with the same Taurus pistol Cunanan used to murder Madsen. Unlike Cunanan's other victims, whom he killed for seemingly personal reasons, authority believes, authorities believe Cunanan murdered Reese simply before his 1995 red Chevrolet pickup truck. Kanan and then used this truck to drive to drive to Florida. 
On May the 12th, Cunanan began staying at the Normandy Plaza Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida, where he paid $29 a night in cash. On June the 12th, Cunanan was listed on the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives list, while the manhunt unsuccessfully focused on Reese's stolen truck that Cunanan was using, the killer, quote-unquote, hid in plain sight for two months. He used his own name to pawn a stolen item on July the 7th, despite knowing that the police routinely review pawn shop records. On July 14th, seemingly out of money, Cunanan checked out of the Normandy Plaza Hotel without paying for his last night there. So this last murder is actually basically the reason why I wanted to do this episode in the first place. Uh, And this is around the time where he shot uh, Gianni Versace. So... On July 15th, around 8.45am, Cunanan murdered 50-year-old Italian fashion designer Gianni Versace on the front stairway of his Miami Beach mansion. Versace was returning from a visit to the news cafe where he picked up coffee and magazines. When he was shot twice in the back of the head with the same Taurus pistol Cunanan used to murder Madsen and Reese, a witness pursued but was able, unable to catch him as he fled into a nearby parking garage. Versace was announced dead at Jackson Memorial at 9.21 a.m. Responding police found Reese's stolen vehicle in a nearby parking garage and it contained clothing and clippings of newspaper reports of his actual murders. On the 23rd of July 1997, Cunanan's body was found in a luxury houseboat in Miami Beach after caretaker reported hearing gunshots to the police. He had shot himself in the head with the same pistol he'd stolen from Jeff Trail, and it was the same weapon he used to kill Versace, Madsen, and Reese. His remains uh, were cremated and are interred into the mausoleum at the Holy Cross Cemetery in San Diego. So, spree killer, pretty much is exactly what they've coined him as. Uh, There is no motive As far as they're concerned, they don't have an actual motive behind any of the killings that he committed. Um, There was rumours that he was HIV positive, um, but he, when they, uh, they took his autopsy and they took uh, everything else, they found that he was not positive at all. So even then being HIV positive probably wouldn't have been an excuse, but uh, yeah, so realistically, all of these people died for no reason, uh, which is awful, but uh, it, the the death of Gianni Versace was all over the news. Uh, if you don't really know about him at all, he is the founder of Versace, the very high-end fashion brand. Um, after his death, his sister Donatella took over uh, as head of the company and still does things in her brother's honour every year. Um, There have been lines in his name, all of that kind of stuff, um, which is very beautiful. Um, Definitely a lot of lives taken for no particular reason, and I am still very sad about all of that. Unfortunately, in this world, we do get a lot of people who are just going to do really horrible things for no reason, and it does make it interesting for people who are like, this kind of stuff and find it interesting, but, uh, myself, I am very, very empathetic. So this does hurt me a little bit to hear that these people have died for no reason. Um, especially somebody who was very, very well known, unfortunately for everybody else. 
uh, he was very well known and he was a, a very big name in fashion and still is to this day. So, yeah, that's that's Andrew Cunanan and the assassination of Gianni Versace at this point. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully it wasn't too much information to be shoved into your little brains. Sorry about that. Um, next week will be a paranormal episode. Uh, not really good at planning forward, so I'm not really sure what I'm going to do next week, but hopefully it'll be something interesting, something spooky. So other than that, have a good day, a good night, whatever you guys are doing. Hopefully you're having fun and I will speak to you next week. All right. Bye.